Well, the Cyhawk Trophy is back where it belongs, right here in Iowa City. We are going to be recapping the Iowa-Iowa State game. We're talking to a very special guest who just got to Iowa not that long ago. Boom, and boom, boom. Okay. And we're going to be previewing Western Michigan. This is Talking Hawks presented by Hills Bank. No matter where you are in life, Hills Bank is here to help you succeed. Whether you're buying your first house, saving for your child's future, or preparing for retirement, you can count on the people at Hills Bank for the support you need to reach your goals. It's easy to connect with a banker in person, over the phone, or on hillsbank.com because we believe banking is better through human connection. Hills Bank is an equal housing lender and FDIC member. Hi, Matt. Hey. How's your cold doing? You know, <clears throat> it's the oh. it's the annual one. Okay. All of the wives out there, you'll know what I'm it, saying right now. This is not a man cold. I'm no. not going down Hold that. on. And then all of the husbands and men, just close your ears and don't at me in the comment section. When your husband has a cold, it is the most irritating thing that has ever happened in the history of the world. I mean, that's a fact, but it's not like no, a it's... man cold, like I'm not doing anything. I no, you're just complaining about it every two seconds. I didn't complain seconds. about anything. No, I, you woke up this morning and you go, do you have a lot of mucus too? Like, ew, first of all. And I wanted second, to know if you were experiencing the same symptoms or if but I But you didn't was... have to ask me that while I'm eating breakfast. Like, And you just have to like bring it up every two seconds. Like, oh, it when we go to been... the podcast tonight. I brought I... it up since we got here. I got to make sure I do some push-ups to get the blood flowing. Can we stop? Like, Hold on. Just when men get sick, they Hold just on. can't. Matthew and James, have I talked about it? They're both nodding their head no. Thank okay. you. You just asked for a tissue two seconds ago. But okay. Anyway, Matt's got a cold, so bear with him on, on all of the things. Don't worry, I'm push forward, just like the Hawks. All right. You got it. Um, I mentioned this when we opened up here a little bit ago that the Cyhawk Trophy is back where it belongs. Mm -hmm. And we got another win in Ames in um, convincing fashion. What do you think of the game, Matt? Well, the last time Iowa State won in Ames against Iowa was 2011. That's unbelievable. 12 years. I was still in high school then. <laughs> Same. Mm -hmm. Same. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, but uh, I thought the game, you know, kind of ebbed and flowed. We got up big and then they kind of worked their way back a little bit. Um, closed out the game, let defense win it, and we'll talk about that. Uh, but overall, I mean, obviously, anytime you, you pick up a trophy, anytime you win, it's a good win. Uh, we talked about before against Utah State, it's good to learn in a win versus learning in a loss. So uh, there's still a lot to correct on the tape, but some good things too. 200 wins for Kirk Ferentz. Unbelievable. We talked to our guest, Eric All, um, a lot about Coach Ferentz and just how much that meant to him, even though he just got here, how much like respect he has for him. And I think that spans across all of the, you know, the players that have played for him in the 20, how many years? I should have this on lock, but is it 23 years? Yeah. Right? So 99 was his first season. Yeah. And then uh, that was at Iowa, though. So yeah. he's got 12 wins from the University of Maine when he was a head coach, for, I believe, from 1990 to 1992. Okay. Uh, I believe that's that's that stat. But then 188 now at uh, the University of Iowa. All right. Just unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I, know, I know you loved playing for him. And like I said, talking to Eric, he's got the same feelings. And it's pretty cool to see so many players. Like since, I mean, our so my brother-in-law also played for the Hawks back in 2002. And so it's like, seeing guys from even back then that are like, yeah, no, I feel the exact same way that you do. Um, and so many people have so much respect for him coming out um, once they graduate. So pretty cool. Congratulations to head coach Kirk Ferentz on his 200th win. And what better way to do it than at Ames? Have you seen, have you seen the, um, so I actually retweeted it and I was like, it's giving Clint Eastwood um, where he's like standing. It's right before they come out on the field, just this past Saturday. And he's standing there like in front of the swarm. The sirens are going off and he's standing like he's got his hands on his hips and he's got the scowl, the KF scowl. <laughs> and he kind of is like looking around and he like spits on the field. Like just no, no care. It. You know, he's got gum in his mouth. What's the kind of gum? Is it? I believe it's double bubble. But double I bubble. Could be wrong. So funny. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's so fun. And he literally looks like Clint Eastwood and like Gran Torino or something. I got to go look at it now. Yeah, unbelievable. I retweeted it. You can check it out. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the game, the pass game. I know this is one of your favorite things to talk about. What do you got? Yeah. So uh, Seth Anderson continues to uh, just impress. You know, like he made a wow catch. Uh, that's what uh, my old position coach, uh, BK, used to say, um, you know, where he climbed the ladder. So he just jumped really high. 
the ball was over his head and he was able to extend back and make the catch. I mean, those kinds of things are going to get you more reps. Um, he also beat a guy on a deep ball, uh, Cade McNamara. It kind of seemed like uh, his follow through was stopped. Like, I don't know if a D lineman hit it um, or if he pulled up because he didn't want to hit the helmet of a D lineman. Um, but uh, had a deep ball that potentially could have been another touchdown. Uh, it just seems like he finds ways to beat his defender. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Um, and we're going to face some of that. We'll talk about it when we talk about Western Michigan. But um, for a guy that's undersized to play that quote unquote X position, which um, is the boundary guy. So he's going to face a lot more press. Usually the stronger DB plays there because they want to get in your face. And for a thinner guy to be on that side is not too often. So uh, he just continues to do things, at least optically from now, um, uh, for now, make plays. Mm-hmm. And do things right. Pretty much the entire game, you were like, man. That play, maybe Jazz Patterson's going to be our unsung hero. And you're like, oh man, maybe that play is going to be our unsung hero. Like he just made that play happen. Tell me about him. Like you just could not stop talking about him the entire game, which makes me think that he's not an unsung hero. He's just a hero, right? I just say now, I feel like he's just a hero. But uh, <laughs> he went from I think he had one, maybe three carries last week. Like he didn't get a ton of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in sparingly. It was mainly Lashawn Williams in the first half. Caleb Johnson had 19 carries uh, against Utah State. Fast forward a week. Jazz Patterson looked like he was in on almost every third down because his blitz pickup has been incredible. In fact, the announcers were talking about it, which, uh, you know, he took out two guys on a blitz pickup. Kind of looked like he lunged at one and his legs happened to clip the other one. But he got two guys on blitz pickup. And then I think we ended up hitting, um, it might have been Eric uh, that we hit on a first down. It was like third and two or something like that play action. And he took out two guys to make that happen. There's another blitz pickup where he bowed up like he's obviously doing things right. And it showed in the pitch count that he was given. Um, And he also had 10 carries. He had 89 yards. He was a leading rusher. And even if you take out, I think he had a 50, excuse me, at 86 or 89 yards, he had a 59 yarder. Even if you take that out, he was still the leading rusher in terms of yards per carry. He still had over three yards a carry. Like the guy is doing things right. And I believe he's a retro freshman. Um, So he's doing a lot of things that to get him on the field and, um, like, blitz pickup isn't a glorious job, but when you get to carry it and he's the only one that had a rushing touchdown, like, it's pretty cool. So let's hop to the defensive side of the ball. Um, Cooper and Deshaun Lee were the two leading tacklers. Is that, does that sound bad? <laughs> well, <laughs> the two leading tacklers? Yeah. So, I feel like I said that so wrong. My <laughs> job is in sports, I promise. But for some reason, the jargon sometimes comes out so, like, discombobulated. So that might have been cringy for some people. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> I'm going to let it get it out of the system because I don't want that to filter into what I'm saying. I'm sorry. Uh, But Jay Higgins had 16 tackles a week ago. And like I said, that's what we expect with our D-line kind of absorbing blocks and allowing Jay Higgins to go do what he does. This week, they tried to really attack the side to side. You know, they thought that their speed was going to be able to get out there and do quick passes and things like that. You never really want to see a DB lead your team, let alone two DBs. That means Mm -hmm. they were picking on Deshaun Lee. And they were trying to pick on Cooper, which uh, every time that Cooper made a play, we would say Cooper. And then my two-year-old or our two-year-old son, Dax, would yell, Coop, <laughs> in the background. So that was kind of cool. Teaching all the good things. <laughs> and only the main things. Yeah. Um, but so you don't typically want to see that. Um, the only other reason would be that they were behind and they're throwing a lot. And so your DBs just have to make plays that way. Um but Nick Jackson also, I think, had nine tackles or something like that. I think Cooper had 10. Deshaun had nine. I think Nick also had nine. Um, but they just tried – they thought that their team speed was going to be able to get around. And their um, – our linemen actually had quite a few tackles. Um, in fact, uh, our D linemen had the game ceiling uh, uh, tackle. We slanted the correct way. And by slant, I mean that our D line on the snap, they were all going a certain direction. And we happened to go the right direction because the tackle couldn't get their tackle, couldn't get our D end. And so our guy went in, made the play. Mm-hmm. But um, so our D line actually had a few tackles, which isn't customary, which is probably why the pressure was taken off our, our linebackers. Cool. And then let's talk about the end of the game. I think some people were a little confused or surprised by the tactic there. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's out of Iowa's wheelhouse. So essentially, we got the ball back. I want to say it's like three minutes, maybe something like that, 258 on the clock. And we run the ball three times. And essentially what I was trying to do is make Iowa State use their timeouts. And so when they get the ball, they have to be in a hurry-up situation. And most teams, 
there are some teams that click to it, like Kent State that we saw uh, two years ago when we actually did this podcast. They try to get as many plays as possible, so they're used to going fast pace. But most teams in a two-minute situation aren't used to that kind of tempo. And so you expect missed assignments or guys getting tired quicker, like things like that. And so we made them use their timeouts, used our punter, pinned them deep, and then saying, okay, if you want to win the game, you got to go 70 yards against our defense. And that's essentially what they thought. Um, there are different ways uh, to go about it, you know, potentially getting a first down and trying to have your offense win the game. But in this situation, uh, Iowa trusted its defense and its punting uh, more. Okay, so now let's get into the Unsung Hero, which is brought to you by JB Roofing. And um, who do you got this week? Last week, like I said, it was Jazz. And this week, I think it's going to be a little surprising for some people on what this one will be. Because I was like, really? But now when you explain it, it makes sense. So here we go. What do you got? I mean, it could be Jazz Patterson every week with his blitz (laughs) pickup. But I'm going to go with Nico. And uh, strictly for like a savvy veteran move. Mm. There's two plays that were pretty indicative of how differently they can happen. And one was done by Nico and the other was done by Deontay Vines. So it was third down. I want to say it was like third and six. Uh, We're driving and um, Cade uh, throws a deep ball to, I think it was a corner out or an out to Nico, throws it behind him. So there's a couple different things that Nico can do. He can either go straight up or he can keep running and fade and try and reach behind him because it's hard when you're running full speed to jump straight up. What he did was Nico stopped his momentum and jumped and went for the ball. The reason that that's so important is because the DB is still carrying momentum. So because Nico beat him out of the break and he's jumping back to the ball, he has a right to catch the ball. If the DB hits him, that's how you get pass interference. Now, there's speculation on the other one, the one that was picked off. Should there or shouldn't there have been? I'm not going to discuss that one. But... The fact that Nico jumped back to the ball and the DB's momentum carried him into Nico, we got a pass interference call, and that ended up leading to the Jazz Patterson touchdown. So it's almost like they were meant to be in this segment. But <laughs> um, just that little like savvy veteran move of like, I'm not going to catch this ball, but if I at least give an attempt, I can probably get a pass interference call. And I'm going to relay that back to Deontay Vines, who hasn't played for nine years like Nico has. But okay, relax. <laughs> I know. We're going to have him on the show, so I get to give him crap in person. <laughs> but uh, Nico is in his sixth year here at Iowa. And Deontay, I believe, is in either his second or third. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I apologize. I should probably have that off the top of my head. But he's running. It's just a go route. And uh, I think Kate actually mentioned it at the end of the game and said that he owes him dinner <laughs> because it should have been a touchdown. Um, but Deontay was running full speed and jumped and his momentum carried him further away. And so although the Iowa State guy hit him, he didn't go straight up. So if Deontay stops his momentum as best he can and jumps back up to get the ball, because he beat the DB, the DB would hit him and you'd get another pass interference call. But when you fade away from the ball, both of your momentum carries you and you're less likely to get it. So in this case, Nico went straight up, DB hit him. And that's how we got that pass interference call, which eventually led to a touchdown. So Nico Regani, unsung hero. Brought to you by JB Roofing. Very good. All right, we're going to get into our discussion with Eric All, and we will be right back. Need a new roof, gutter, or siding in Eastern Iowa? Call JB Roofing, a local and reliable roofer with over 20 years of experience. They do one roof at a time, unlike others who juggle multiple projects and cut corners. They also serve a 45 mile radius around Kelowna and help you with any insurance claims. Don't wait. Call 319-656-ROOF or visit their website, jbroofingcolona.com for a free estimate. JB Roofing, the small town roofer you can trust. Hey, Matt, did you know that Iowa City Tire does more than just tires? Uh, yeah. I mean, they've been servicing the corridor for like 40 years. Okay, but did you know that until somebody had to tell you? No. No, I didn't. Well, hey, check out how they're doing things in a very different way at Iowa City Tire and Service, where service actually comes first. Visit ictire.com. Okay, we are into week three, got the big win over Iowa State, and now it is time for a big-time guest. Everyone, please welcome to the podcast, Eric All. How's it going? Good. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing great after that big win just a couple days ago. It was fun. Yeah? I had a good time. Okay, well, let's talk about that. How was the atmosphere? Tell me about that. That's one of my favorite atmospheres played over there. By yeah, the way. it was. Top it was five. fun. It was fun. They weren't. They weren't too like disrespectful. I, I was expecting for them to be spitting at us, throwing stuff at us, but it was. It was a great time. They were. They were real loud, and you know, it's always just the best feeling, just playing away, and just having everybody hate you. 
love it. Hey, <laughs> I really do. I mean, they're still Iowa nice. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say many good, too many good things about Iowa State, but I mean, we're still Iowa nice. We're not going to like throw things and whatnot. Yeah. But usually you walk into like FU because you go right by their student section mm-hmm. and you just look up knowing that you're about to shut everybody up. Like, yeah. that's the best part. They were all, they were, when we would walk by, they were just talking crazy about Cade. They were just, Cade, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> sure, yeah. sure. But they were, they dumb were, stuff. Yeah. They were all focused on Cade. So, so you didn't even get any of it? I didn't get any of it. <laughs> Bless That's him. not even really getting inducted into the Cyhawk then, man. Yeah, no. Give it time. Give yeah, it time. Give it time. Yeah. Well, good. Okay, how was the grass? Matt always mm. talks about their grass. Was <sighs> it nice? It's perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like you can run any route. You, you don't have to worry about nothing. And see, I'm not making this up. Yeah, it really is. I, th- I think it helps that we get them early in the year. Cause like the grass is like still fresh. It's not uh, like yeah, week true. ten, week eleven, but yeah. yeah, that's like prime grass over there. Yeah, it was kind of hard though. Like at, like when you're like in your three point stands, you're used to like. See, I don't know about that. Oh yeah, you wouldn't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but like you like, it's different. Like when you're in turf, like you can like use the ground to like push off. Like mm, okay, when you're in your three point stands, but like kind of grab the ground and go. Yeah, kind of like. Like if I was like if I had to take a step right or a step left or get out like you can like use the ground to push off and stuff. So it's like a little I use it. I don't know if everybody else does it, but interesting. But I couldn't do it there. It was it was just like it felt like a hard floor. So. So how was it after you guys got the win? Like what was what was the atmosphere like? You went over to the Iowa fans. Well, I know you guys. Well, they swarmed. Yeah. Well, yeah, I swarmed to go get the trophy. Yeah. yeah. Do we not always do that? It wasn't a thing until. So 2015 was a hard fought game and then we swarmed across their field, like all the way across. Like it wasn't like layers of guys. Like we did one giant line of like all 73 of us or how many traveled and then swarmed across to go get the trophy. And like, that's when it started. Cause usually it was like an all out brawl. You just get there and first one got there, you know, yeah. raise it up. But yeah, 2015, I think we started it and I think it's been that way ever since. That's pretty cool. But I love this swarm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good experience coming out of Kinnick. Let's yeah. talk about that. Okay, so coming out of Kinnick the fir- into Kinnick the first time, what was that like? That first swarm for you? Um, I like I I really didn't know like it kind of I kind of like forgot about that that we did the swarm, mm-hmm. but we practiced it and and um in practice or like the like the Friday or or Saturday the Saturday before and um. It's pretty cool. I, I love like like the meaning behind it and everything. Like we're all in this together, mm-hmm. and um, I love it. It's um, but like coming out of the tunnel, like like at the game, it's like kind of cool because usually like you're running out of you're running out of the tunnel and you don't really get to like you can take it all in, but it like goes by fast. Mm-hmm. This is like you're just just taking it all in and you're strolling and seeing all the fans and everybody cheering for you. It's, it's a great time. I loved it. Yeah. And Back in Black is playing. Yeah. All the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And then first touchdown in Kinnick during your first game. Yeah. What was that feeling wild. like? That was wild. That was wild. <laughs> that was kind of scary, though, because Cade really, like, we practiced that play. And uh, every time I would get the ball on that play, the ball would, like, be right on me, like, right when I, like, turned my head. So you're saying he was trash on Saturday? No, I'm just saying it was just different. It was it was a oh, perfect sorry, throw. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> no, it was a perfect throw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was just kind of up in the air, and it's like, like oh snaps! Like I'm on the goal line. You know, I was trying to like hurry up and get it, but but I mean that's a lot of perfect. trust. I mean, we're talking like fourth down, two transfers coming in. Yeah. Like to call that means they must you know believe in you quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but I saw you were in. You played fullback. Mm-hmm. You played in line tight end. You split out as a receiver, which. uh I know you went back and watched our other episodes before you came on the podcast. And I, I said, uh, Eric, all does it all. Like, they really do utilize you and, like, all that stuff. And, like, yeah. I think tight end uh, mentally outside of quarterback has to be one of the toughest spots because you got to know the full pass concepts. Yeah. you got to know the run. Like, receivers, I don't I don't care about, like, where you guys are going. I just know i got to go get that bad guy right there. Right. And that's it. But, like, you guys have to know all of it. So knowing that you play, like, I don't want to say three different positions, but kind of. Mm-hmm. Is that that much harder for you when you had to come in and learn a new offense? Yeah. I mean, it kind of – it was for me because it took me a minute to get to uh, know Michigan's offense and just coming here so fast, like, just learning. Like, er- everything is so different. 
Um, like we have to know like the point and the point system was very, it was different at Michigan than it is here. Like here, the O-lineman is getting the point mm-hmm. at Michigan. They were telling us like, that was, that was who we had. The tight ends had got you. So now I have to like, when they point somebody, I have to know like one over from him. I, I have him, right. but if he comes, I have to break hot while I'm reading the safeties to run <laughs> yeah. a different. So it's just like, it's so, it's so difficult, but. The more like reps you get at it, it's surprisingly like easy, but it's still it's still like I get confused a lot with that. Well, but, you were in the other offense. How long were you in the other offense? Three years? Two years? Uh, four, years. four years. Four years. Well, years. three years because I didn't play the last year, but four years. Right, because you had a, you had injury, right? Yeah. So I mean, really four because you were still in meetings. Mm-hmm. So I mean, to to play in an offense for four years and then have to switch for a fifth year. I mean, that's that's no easy task. I mean, yeah. I had the same coaching staff for four years, and then we changed. Brian's first year was my last year at Iowa. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we went from words were formations, words were protections, and then numbers were pass routes. Mm-hmm. And then we went to numbers, numbers, words. And, like, there's it's it's weird how everything kind of goes together. Obviously, I'm not going to give away too much. Yeah. But, like, it's weird how all that stuff kind of comes together. And you can run the same concept, but it sounds very different. Yeah. Um. We at Michigan, we were just all words. No was, numbers at all. It was no, or I mean the, yeah, no numbers. We had. That's yeah. wild. What, like you guys had routes for numbers? Like Yeah, they, so it would be like 381 hook curl. So like 381, you you started with a single receiver and then you would work away from him. So like, let's say it was a three route, eight route, one route, hook, tuck to the A, and then A for us was running back. And then B was a utility guy, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for you guys it's F, mm-hmm. but like we use B, and so he'd have the curl. So if we were in John Gunright Jack, which is three, three by one, three eighty one hook curl. Yeah, and like that's how we knew it. Wow, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah that's a little was, bit different. At Michigan, it was just flank <laughs> or uh, funnel. Sure, it was just like one just word cover the play, cover the play. Interesting, but here it's it's different. It's like. There's a lot more pieces that go it's into wor- it. It's words, but then the, the runs and everything is all numbers, and, you know, the pass pro is numbers. And right. So it's different. Yeah. On our last episode, I said that when Matt talks like that, it kind of just goes right over my head, <laughs> and I kind of blank out for a second. So for all of you that are listening and you're like, same, um, we're going to move on to something a little, <laughs> a little easier. That's right, that's right. Okay, so you're from Ohio. Yes. Yeah, okay, so did Ohio State um, recruit you when you were coming out of college or no? Yeah, they did. Yeah? They did. Um it was like a big like thing when I was in high school, like because they didn't end up offering me or offering me. So, but they were like, you know, recruiting me real hard, and um, I kind of committed early on. So, like my junior, I think my junior year, I committed. But um, you know, they wanted me to like post or send them videos of me working out because with them, it was my weight was an issue. Mm-hmm. And, that you weren't uh, big enough. Yeah, they, they didn't thought? think I was going to be big enough. And, like, the talk was me being a wide receiver in, in college and everything. But, but yeah, they wanted me to gain weight, and they wanted me to show them videos of me working out and eating and everything, and I wasn't doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was just – it was just I was doing my thing. And um, I kind of I kind of knew I was going to go to Michigan out of uh, high school just because I just didn't like Ohio State at all. Because <laughs> we grew up – my family grew up Bama fans, actually – and um, they Ohio State beat Bama when they had Zeke and oh, sure. he had that big yeah, run yeah. off the goal line mm-hmm. all the way down the field, a hundred some yard touchdown. And I just you would go to school and just hate every second of because everybody was Ohio State fans and mm-hmm. so. But um, yeah, it's it was really the fans is what you know just. I couldn't stand them, but I I love them now yeah. because it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be fun right. without without them. So true, true. But um, but yeah, that that's that's that was really the story with Ohio State. But it was like a big deal. Like I would go, to, I went to their camp, and um, like the big like question of that camp was if they were going to offer me, and um, and I balled out that camp. I was just <laughs> just cooking dudes as a tight end. Um, yeah. Tight end, but I was like flexed out stuff in the slot. Okay, so like you that again did it all. Yeah, <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was fun though. In high school, just the recruiting process was wild. 
Mm-hmm. Very different from like the transfer portal. Very mm. different. How so? Just like, cause teams don't know like teams don't know like what you can do like in college. Like they don't know because it's still like yeah you're in high school doing good, but like sure it's based on what you, you what they the think big, you can do. Yeah, exactly. So like when you come play with the big dogs, what can you really do? And um, that was like the big question mark coming out of college. But like now that like teams see see that. Like you played in college and you have experience and stuff like, so that takes that question off the table. So teams are just, you know, just calling. Call, this call they would just call your phone and um, text you like your number because you just I guess you just put your number in there on the uh, form and they just like people just call away, and it was wild. Like in high school, it was like kind of like dialed down, but in the transfer portal, there just no rules. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> Did Ohio State reach back out after that? After you retired Michigan? <laughs> they were the, probably the very first team to reach out. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, incredible. Did you have some good games versus them? Uh, Robbery games? Yeah. So they're like, yeah. we need this guy. That's funny. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they were. I don't know. But there was no way I was doing I couldn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't do that. But that. So we were talking before uh, that Cade was the main, main reason you got here. So what was he chirping in your ear about? Um, he was just, you know, um, just trying to, he was just selling me on like how great it was here. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much like had Iowa in mind, like already, because, you know, when we played, when we played against Iowa at Michigan, like they were known, or we looked at them as a team that was like very disciplined, very tough, sure, very, you know, um, yeah, disciplined, but like they, they just work hard and they um you know it's just very coach very coach like very great coach team so i like when i decided i was going to go to the transfer portal i was like i was was like my, my number school number one school that i was really looking forward to like visiting and uh checking out but the um cade was just he was telling me about the schedule, like how we work, we do all practices in the morning mm-hmm. and Big got time. the day off to like watch film and like get treatment and everything. And that, that's great. That, I, I love that. Or I love that now too. So, but it sounded great. And, um, you know, coach Ference and coach Brian Ference and, uh, I got to meet coach Hodge mm-hmm. and, um, I just loved it. And when I came on the visit, you know, everyone was just extremely nice, and the um, I like the players were just worked. It was probably the best practice I've ever seen when I came during the uh, bowl week against Kentucky. Mm, okay, like, and it was like they get after <laughs> they were getting after, <laughs> and they didn't even have shoulder pads on. They had sh- the, <laughs> the shell shells. pads. Yes, and um, they still doing nine on. They still doing blocks. Everything. <laughs> yes, and uh, dunk man, just watching dunk in the blocks drill. Was just like man, I gotta get in that, <laughs> and it was just it just sent chills down my body, and I was taking that that visit like real serious, like, but like just watching that drill, like I just couldn't do nothing but like laugh and like, <laughs> and just like get into it because man, like it's just it's different. Yeah, guys are getting after it, and I I love it. Like very like minded people, like they just want to go out there compete, mm-hmm. win. And do whatever it takes. Well, and you see guys like George, TJ, Noah, just to name uh, some of the few. Obviously, Sam. Yeah. You you play with Luke Lachey. Like yeah. seeing a bunch of dudes that have obviously Luke's you know playing with you now, but the other guys recently that have gone on to the NFL. That's got to like you know perk your interest yeah. even more. Yeah, that too. I mean, yeah, that like I was known for having great tight ends and using tight ends, and that was just like the cherry on top, you know. But the um, I just love it here. <laughs> it's just it's just crazy just being here and uh being a Hawkeye and you know, playing in Kinnick and walking doing the swarm and all that. Just, I love every bit of it. It's just what football is all about for me. I love it. It's just a team sport. So can we go back a little bit? So you're talking about the drill that you were watching during practice. So for people that don't know what the drill was, oh, yeah. which I don't know what you were talking oh, yeah. about. What's the drill that you were so enamored by? So really it's just um you got so there's three different like I wouldn't say st- it's like the O line, 
Mm-hmm. It's like broken up. Yeah, but it's broken up. So, so it's so not it's... like all five guys going on against all, you know, the front seven, which the front seven is the 4D lineman, for those that don't know. The 4D lineman and the three linebackers, which is the way that we typically play if Castro, if the cash position becomes a linebacker. So we really run like a 4 2. Yeah. But um, okay. anyway, so yeah, it's broken up like tackle guard by themselves going up against, well, a tackle guard and you mm-hmm. are a tight end, probably going up against 2D lineman and a linebacker. Yeah. Is that usually how it goes? So it's like. I don't know because it's it's weird because I think they don't switch it up, but it's it's like I don't really pay attention to nobody else but the guy I got, and it's really just <laughs> sure. the DN or the Sam. And right. um, Coach, because me coming off my back injury, Coach is real like cautious mm-hmm. with me and stuff. So when I first got like got the chance to do it, Coach wasn't even going to put me in on it, and he was just like, "Were you salty?" He was like, "You just watch." What'd you say? Were you salty? Oh yeah, I told him <laughs> I was like, Coach, because he was like. He was like, "We're gonna have you watch." I was like, "Coach, I've been watching the drill the, the whole entire time. I know what to, I know what to do on the drill. I'm good." And he he let me do it, but he would only let me go to the Sam's to the Sam side, which is the linebacker played down as the DN, and on the other side is like the actual DN. So it's like the bigger guys like sure. Craig and Herc and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So so I would have the Sam, then it would be the. Uh, the D tackle or guard or whatever, and uh, the three tech, and then by three tech you mean the three technique. We're not gonna get into like super deep, but yeah. I'm just gonna. I was trying to dumb it down when I. I <laughs> no, you good. You good. But it's just I think it's just us two, and, okay. and then we have a center. You're sure, but he's just snapping the ball. the ball. So, and I would always at first it would mess me up a little because I just told coach like I got it, coach, but they never. Cause we usually say the cadence and. Like oh. when we're like actually out there and they just say, Set go. So I like would stutter a little bit off the mm-hmm. line, but sure. Coach would be like, Have a good first step, this and that and I'm like, I know I know that, but like <laughs> yeah. the snap the cadence is messing me up. Like you, right. know, you can't say that because, you know, but Oh yeah. But it's a great drill. But basically the defense and the offense are forgetting everything about the actual game of football, and we're just running at each other and hitting each other because there's no <laughs> running back or anything. You're probably going for like five or six seconds. Yeah, you're going for a while. So it's just like basically just physical and okay. just head clashing. Yo, it's like I know what I'm talking about. Sorry, I just yelled in the mic. But go ahead, tell him what I said when we first talked about Eric Hall on this podcast. Oh, that you like um, – That like he likes collision. contact yeah, and contact. that those guys are scary because they like contact. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> Man, it's very fun. That's the best thing about football, just I've, hitting people, and you don't have to worry about any jail time or anything. <laughs> There's an NFL scout that will somehow see this somewhere. That's like, oh, yes, that's sir. The guy. <laughs> that's so what we much. like to see. <laughs> that's incredible. Okay, let's talk like personal life a little bit. You have a son. Yeah. I just saw that he turned one years old. What's his name? Houston. Houston, and you've yeah. got it tattooed yep. on your wrist. Yep. Nice. Oh my gosh, and he's just like the cutest little thing I've ever seen. Thank you. Yeah. He- <laughs> He's, he's ate up, spoiled. Oh, I'm sure. Spoiled. That's incredible. But he's good though. He's he just took his first few steps. Oh, he's good deal. He's he's getting big too. It's crazy how time just flies by. Oh yeah. I remember when I was like in middle school, just just thinking about you know what my first kid would look like and how it's going to be a boy, which turned out to be true. But, yeah. But um, it's just wild. In middle school, you were meant to be a dad. Yeah. Oh man, you make me tear. This is my kind of content. I'm like, tell me more. That's incredible. Yeah, sometimes we just like to chat back and forth about like home life a little bit when we start the podcast, and people are like, "Don't talk about that. Just talk about football." I'm like, no, this is this is the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the important <laughs> stuff. Has is he going to come to Kinnick at all? I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Has he come yet? Uh, not yet. But okay. He will. Very good. He will. He's going to come to a game. I was going to say, is he going to sit like? Is he going to be able to sit on the bleachers for that long? I guess he's a gear. He's yeah. just taking steps. He'll be all right. He likes being held anyways. It's mad uh, spoiled. Okay. He'll be good. He's yeah. Like, be good. You know what? Somebody get this little kid up into the press box. I'm not standing for him being in the stands. We're going to figure this out for you. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Incredible. Um, okay, so tipping point to come to Iowa. What was like when you knew exactly like this is this is where I'm supposed to be? I think probably watching the blocks drill. Really? I was talking about okay. like, oh, man, it's just like the the – the you know the roots of football mm. just f- contact physical you know um not only that just meeting coach uh Ference and coach Hodge and um you know they were I think yeah they were 
it was just you could just tell like they just love football and they just want to win and like that's all they care about they don't care about the other nonsense like like the like the uh, hype up like they ain't, they don't no. they didn't worry about no yeah. they're like anti hype <laughs> yeah that's all they're they they don't want it like they just want to go out there and win they don't care if the game is streamed on TV and have this many million people watching the watching the game or not they just want to go out there and play mm-hmm. or have the just watch their guys win and be physical and you know play the game the right way yeah and that's really the only thing like you can ask for is to go out there and and just win. Yeah, you got to be a part of Coach Ferentz's 200th win just a couple of days ago, yeah. which is great. Um, I won't ask you to talk about your previous coach, but just like, what about Coach Ferentz was like, you know, just, I guess some guy, sometimes guys just seem to be enamored by mm-hmm. him, right? As a coach mm-hmm. that he's like, he's, stoic is a word that gets thrown around a lot because yeah. like, he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell when something gets to him because he'll cry just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he fights it hard, but, yeah. like, he'll, he'll he'll tear up a little bit in front of us. But but what was your, um, like, impression of him when you were at Michigan and then when you actually got to meet him? Like, what was that kind of, like, actually coming here? Um, When I was at Michigan, um, I was just, like, like um, I don't know. It was kind of, I looked at him, like, as, like, a, a great guy. Mm-hmm. Like, because he obviously wasn't my coach, but, like, I was just like, man, he seems like a great guy. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to meet him. And um, I don't even I don't even think I told him this, but <laughs> I always wanted to meet him. And um, and he just seemed like a, a really a really great coach and a guy a, a guy that just loved the game. And you could tell that by, like, how his players talk about him and how, you know, he reacted. Like, when at the game, I could see him on the sideline talking to his players and stuff. So it was just like he seemed like a great guy. But when I got here and met him, uh, I first met him in the, uh, we had a visit visit set up and we uh, went and got pancakes and stuff. And I got to sat there, I sat there and talked to him and Coach Hodge, they came to Michigan. And um, man, it was just like, the when we sat down and talked, I was just like, man, I, I kind of knew that's where I was going. But I wasn't trying to make a, a quick, the rash sure. decision. So I was... Um, just trying to be open minded as possible, but I knew that's where I was gonna go, mm-hmm. or this is here. And um, he we're out in the field, and when we're in team meetings and everything, like he's just like very just into it. You know, he doesn't care what anybody thinks about him. First of all, I love I love that with anybody. You know, just be yourself. And you always gonna have that notepad. You gonna be taking notes. Yeah, taking They'll notes. See something from the other side of the field. Write something down. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm trying to answer the call. I keep getting carried off, uh, carried away into it. But, <laughs> it's all right. it's all good. but um, how, um, what I thought about or how I think about him now is just like I love him to death, and I would you know lay my you know lay my body on the line, and um, do whatever it takes to to win for him and for my teammates, just because of you know, how real he is and how much he wants it for us, like, to, wants us to go out there and be the best we can be. Not only that in, the, in for football, but, like, in real life, and he makes sure, like, we're going to class and we're having good grades and stuff like that. Like, just a role model. Like, sure. one of the main things that, like, I got from my time there is that he cares about you as a person. And then when that's like buttoned up, then we'll take care of you as a player. Exactly. Like you're going to work to be as a player, but along with those things, like it's more about you becoming a better person when you leave the University of Iowa versus yeah. when you showed up. Yeah. And he pushes you like, I don't know about any other like head coaches at any other schools, but he's like, like real into it. Like at practice, he's, he's down there coaching. He's oh. watching your, coaching your first step. He's coaching like, like if you drop a ball. We're not like I dropped the ball in practice the other day. It was a walkthrough. We're not full speed, but we're catching full speed. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm like, I just dropped the ball, just clean, straight to me, perfect throw by Deke and um, Deacon Hill. And I just, I don't know why I dropped it. I just dropped it. And um, we're catching full speed. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he, he sees everything. Yeah. Like, so, you know, on the. When you practice outside, there's the offensive field and the defensive field. I'm pretty sure he was watching something on the linebackers on the defensive field. And, like, I had dropped a ball during practice. And he was like, we don't drop on the outside. We catch. Yeah. Like, that's it. And I'm like, how did he even see that? Yeah. Yes. That's crazy that you said that because just this past week, we uh, 
they had us catching kickoff returns, and we never or we never or like kick returns. Like you're the up guy and like practice if they yeah. Pitch it. yeah yeah. And I've I've like that was my first time doing it, and we never usually do it. And um, they were uh, using the jug machine, and um, and practice is over, <laughs> and <laughs> we have our pads off, and um, we're on the defensive field, and he's. But he's – I think he was talking to somebody on, over there on the field, on the – in between the fields. Sure. And, like, he was more, like, so on the offensive field than he was on the defensive field. And we were, like, far on the other side – the opposite sideline, just catching balls or chatting and goofing around. Well, not goofing around, but we're, like, just, ch- yeah, just yeah, chatting and chilling. stuff. Just chilling. And um, everybody's gone but us. And, you know, there's still a few people, you know, leaving the or leaving the fields and going in the facility and i dropped one and next thing you know i hear from far away <laughs> catch the ball Eric. <laughs> he sees everything i'm like i didn't even know he was there he's like all the way over there <laughs> like, like geez this man sees everything everything, everything. and um I, th- I forget what coach we were with I, th- I forget what coach we were with but he was like he sees everything. <laughs> That's it's funny. True. That it's true. It's really true. Oh, yeah. incredible. Well, we got Western Michigan coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Western Michigan. I have Western Kentucky in my head because I did some research beforehand on something else. Anyway. You didn't do research on Western Kentucky, right? It was in the thing that I was doing. The okay. Thing. All right. I guess You'll we'll get about to it later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Western Michigan coming up. Um, how are we feeling about that, getting back inside Kinnick Stadium? I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. Um I just can't wait to get back out there and play football. But the um, so far on film, they look they look real big and real physical in the run game. But they, um, you know, I'm excited just to get out and compete. And you know, we got to treat every game like it's our last. You <laughs> only get 12 guaranteed opportunities. Only, you know, yeah. okay, I've said that all the time. Yeah, and um, they look. They don't look. They don't look like. They like they look they look real good. They don't look bad at all so far, but you know I guess you, you gotta play you gotta play every team like the Ohio States or the Penn States or the USC's or whatever Alabama's. But it's fun. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to get out there. Very good. Well, yeah. that's what we like to hear, Eric. I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. This was so great. And I'm yeah. gonna tell you something. When you bring Houston to Kinnick, mm. I will take him. Just bring him down <laughs> to the sideline. I'll keep him safe. Okay. I don't know how mobile she is, but I'm we'll, find, we'll find somebody to hold him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got a helmet at home. Pop it on him. He'll he'll be great. I'm sure he'll love it, too. He would, he would take it all in. <laughs> so good. Well, Eric, thank you so much. Thank this you. Thank was you awesome. guys for having me. Yeah. Best of luck on Saturday. Thank you. This season, Marquee Pizzeria is teaming up with Nico Regani to help the University of Iowa Children's Hospital. Together, they've created a new signature pizza, the Nico Parm. Sounds so good. $2 of every pizza will be donated to the Children's Hospital. Visit Marquee Pizzeria located in the Coralville River Landing this fall and help the kids by eating pizza. You know, if you're not in the mood for pizza. If you're not, I love Estella's because it is fresh. From the fresh grilled steak to the salsas to their fresh pressed tortillas. I love Estella's because it's quick. You can get in and out. It doesn't feel like fast food. It feels like fresh food quick. Yeah, we both love Estella's because it is made with love. They put a lot of pride in their food and customer service, and they are locally owned. Plus, it was my biggest pregnancy craving. I will say that, too. (laughs) That's Estella's Fresh Mex. Fresh food made quick with love. Locally owned and operated, Performance is a full-service restoration company serving eastern Iowa. As an IICRC certified firm, their multi-licensed technicians have decades of experience in water, mold, and fire mitigation. Whether it's your home or business, this is the team you want in the time of need. Performance Restoration, 319-626-2292. So Eric, after we were done chatting with him, we were all like, he is a gentle giant. But like not so gentle because he loves contact, which he talked about a lot. A but lot. how great was he? Yeah, he's a super nice guy. He's mm-hmm. he's Iowa nice. He was meant to be here. <laughs> Seriously. From the jump. Yeah. But a uh, very cool story, you know, mm-hmm. kind of going all over the place. Um, didn't get recruited by his hometown, but also didn't want to. And then, you know, because he's from Ohio, but he didn't want to be in Ohio State. Like, yeah. it's kind of interesting dynamic there to go to the rival and then um, obviously making his way to tight end you, I think is probably the best move he could have made. I wanted to ask him that. I forgot. Like, does he, does he, I mean, he does now, but did he consider it tight end you or did he have other thoughts? Sure. 
If I, when I see him again, I'll have to ask him. All right. We are going to talk about Western Michigan now. Are you ready for that? I can't wait. You were doing a lot of research. I'm excited to see what, what you came up with. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I like to do this kind of stuff. I don't, it, it means nothing to anything like at all, but it's just kind of like random knowledge that you can just have. And I like that. So um, they are the Broncos, the Western Michigan Broncos. Um, if you can look up their mascot or we can just on the youtube james and matthew if we can like put a little if you look up the wikipedia picture of the bronco mascot he is the saddest looking mascot it is it's, so weird it's sad but it's also like he looks he, like he's tired yeah his, his eyes, eyes are, like are going half... different ways or half <laughs> shut i don't i was dumbfounded i was like <laughs> why does he look so sad anyway you'll have to look it up or they're just gonna throw it up on the screen so they are the broncos now they used to be the hilltoppers because the university is located on the top of prospect hill okay, okay but then in you. 1939 they changed to the broncos because they wanted to avoid confusion because western kentucky was the hilltoppers okay and then in 2021 so not that long ago they had a pretty big controversy about changing their logo and their school colors. And like alumni, fans, I mean, the whole Western Michigan community was not happy. Yeah, I was reading articles about it. It's a whole deal. So I see like where the fans, because I don't know, I see where the fans and the alumni and everybody is coming from with this, right? Like if they just decided like, yeah, we are actually not going to use the Tiger Hawk that much anymore, we'd be like, what do you mean? Yeah. You'd be a little like sad yeah, about that, right? Yeah, a little hurt, yeah. But then like take it for what it's worth with this, okay? So they're going to spend like over half a million dollars for a new logo and color scheme. All right, back oh, like in 2000. completely revamping. Sort of, yeah. Back in 2021. So before they showed like this article I was reading, they showed um, all the different logos that they had. They had like 22-ish different logos for the university. That they had been using or that, that they, they had been using That they had been using oh. like across the university, academics and um, athletics. Interesting. And so they're like, we need to reel this in a little bit. We need to pull back because it was like the Western Michigan School of... Uh, I don't know, let's just say agriculture. I don't know if they're a big agriculture school. I'm not sure. But just for an example, had its own sort of logo, had its own sort of W. And mm. then the athletics had a different sort of W. And so it was just like kind of all over the place. So they wanted to rail it in a little bit. Yeah. I get it. Makes sense. And they wanted to have like on the on the side, the thought of like the athletic director and the university president or whatever. They're like, we want to have more of a cohesive brand. So that's their view. Now, the other view is like, we are who we are. Let's leave it what it is. We don't want to change anything. So anyway, they had like 22 different logos. Now they're going to scale it back. They're just going to have two. So they're going to have this W that's um, a gold W in a brown circle. And that's going to be their main logo. Well, people were really mad about that because they want their main logo to be the Bronco head, which looks a lot like the the Bronco for like the Denver Broncos. Looks very similar. Usually how that happened. Looks very similar. But it used to face the left side. Like its face went that way and now it's going to face the right side, which is what the Broncos do. Just something random. But they also are changing the gold. So it was going to be this like, or it was this metallic like Vegas gold kind of thing. And they Vegas changed it gold. to like, yeah, like a Hawkeye Steelers gold. And they switched That's it up. That's a big change. Right? And so people weren't happy about that either. But in their defense, they were using seven different brand colors. So they had gold, they had metallic gold. <clears throat> brown, wow, <clears throat> sorry guys, brown, black, silver, like they had a whole seven different colors that they were using like in all of their branding. So it was just like, there was a lot happening. And so they hired, or they didn't hire, they had all these people inside the athletic department and the university come together and just like scale back and streamline their marketing and branding. But in my mind, I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. But then you think about all the things that you have to change, like the posters and the billboards and just all of the signage that happens everywhere. Think about every place that you see a tiger hawk and switching that. That's a lot. a lot of money. So people just weren't super stoked about where that money was going and that they were changing it. And it was kind of like you're trying to make fetch happen. It's never going to happen. All of my um, – what's that movie? Mean Girls. Mean <laughs> my Mean Girls, girls out there. Um they were trying to like really make the W, this new W, like the main thing, like at, at athletics and and stuff. And people just were not were not having it because they love the the pride in being a Bronco. So there you have it. 
So where does it stand now? Is it That's what it is. It's the, it's the two logos. It's the W, which is the main, and then it's the Bronco that's now facing the right that has like the different gold that people aren't super stoked about. So or, so you're giving us more reason to not like the Broncos when they come out because we're not going to like their gold. Yeah, we're solidarity with the fans and alumni. We don't like the <laughs> we don't like the new stuff. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, that was my little history lesson on Western Michigan and logo, mascot, all of the things. I feel like most of the mascot stuff that you do is like tradition versus innovation. Mm, yeah, that always is kind of a sticking point for people, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Very good. Okay, tell me about Western Michigan. What are they? What's what are we? How are we gonna? How are we gonna beat them in Kinnick? We're coming home. So they're one and one. Uh, they beat St. Francis of Pennsylvania. They're in the Northeastern Conference. Understood. All I'm going to say about that. Then they played Syracuse, uh, which is in the ACC. Uh, they Western Michigan scored on like an 80-yard run 30 seconds into the game. So 14 minutes, 30 seconds left in the first quarter, and they scored a touchdown. And they did not sniff the end zone or a field goal for the rest of the game. Yikes. By halftime, it was 45 to 7 Syracuse. Yikes. And then they pretty much pulled everybody going to the second half. So it's hard to get a gamut, you know, or a, it's hard to get a real gauge on exactly who they are when their twos are in because I know even at the high school level, we don't run the same type of offense, you know, when the twos are in. You try to run similar stuff, um, but, you know, you're not going to quite do as much. So yeah. hmm. we're, we're going to see kind of what that looks like. Um, and I know, so I coach at Solon, appreciate you guys watching the podcast. Um, so it's just interesting, but what Syracuse did a lot of was take shots deep. Mm. They were isolating their corners one-on-one and kind of making that the weakness of their game. So they, they did a lot of press, uh, and by press coverage, what I mean is that the DB, so the guy across from our wide receiver is within a yard or two. And he's ready to get hands on him, which in college, you can kind of put your hands on him the whole time. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to say that I was held probably every single time I ran a route uh, just because they're right there. So press, they get their hands on you. They're not allowed to technically hold you, but there are places that the ref can't see it. Um, so they try to get in your face and get you, which is usually why it's the biggest DB or the strongest DB. And usually you combat that with your biggest, strongest receiver. But in our case, Seth Anderson is so quick that they really don't get their hands on him too much. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that looks. Um, they also run a three-three-five. Laura, if I say they run a three-three-five defense, what can you tell me? Three of them are. Three of them are on the line. Okay, one for one. Three of them are. Are. Who's behind? <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What are they called? If they're back behind, if they're backing the line, who do you think? What do you think they're called? Back line, Matt. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I hate You're when so you close. do leading You're questions so with me. No, I don't so want to do this. You're so close. Just <laughs> flip is, the words. No, this is linebackers. Yeah, how this goes literally every time, and I hate leading questions. But you got it right. So you're two for two. So three linemen, three linebackers, because they back the line. And then five defensive backs. And so that's a little bit different uh, than what you're used to seeing, especially against a Big Ten school like Iowa. We're used to seeing a 4-3, except for Wisconsin, who runs a 3-4. But essentially, the first number when it comes to that is the defensive line. Second number is the linebackers. And then the number that you don't say is the rest of the skill guys, which in this case, you do say it. You're not going to just say that you run a 3-3. They make it a point to say 3-3-5. I don't know why everything else is 4-3 instead of 4-3-4 or 3-4-4. Just kind of the way that it works out. But they run a 3-3-5 defense, which means that they're going to bring another smaller guy down, which helps our run game because they have less big guys and we have more big guys. Like that's <laughs> that's essentially how it works out. Now, they might make a few adjustments, you know, than what they've faced previously. Syracuse wanted to sling it around. And so maybe that's why they went a little bit more heavy in 3-3-5 in that game. Um, but uh, I, I envision us giving a healthy dose of Jazz, um, Caleb Johnson, and and – LaShawn Williams, who didn't play a ton last game. Um, you know, I think it's kind of whoever's got the high hand and Jazz has had a hot hand. So I expect to see a lot more in number nine as we move as we move forward. But uh, being able to see like Eric All, I think we saw uh, Hayden Large uh, made his uh, debut against Iowa State fullback named after a 
named after a player named after Hayden Fry? Or named after a place named after Hayden Fry? There was like a middleman, but he's essentially named after Hayden Fry. So it's kind of fitting that uh, he's at Iowa. Okay. Um, but I envision us running the football, being Iowa, uh, and then taking our chances. We weren't super efficient in the past game uh, like we had been in game one. I think we were 12 of 23, something like that. So just under 50%, just over uh, 125 yards. Like it's not, it wasn't breaking, but we did have two deep balls that we missed. Uh, so, I mean, like there's, there's improvement to be made. You know, that number could have been very skewed if we hit those two big plays and be over 200 yards and a couple tutties, you know. Mm-hmm. So I envision us to just do what we do when it comes on offense. Uh, defensively, uh, first game, they had like 400 yards rushing, which again, it's St. Francis from Pennsylvania in the Northeastern Conference. Not that they don't play good football, but that they play different football than what I was going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, is how I'm going to phrase that. And uh, Syracuse, they got down way big, way early. So they had to sling it more than I think they wanted to. Um, Eric talked about that they're big. So, uh, you know, we got to be ready for that. But I expect another big game for Jay Higgins. If they want to run the ball, that's going to be our linebackers' dream. Again, defensive line, clocking their guys up, and then linebackers making the plays. So back to the offensive thing. Um, so do you think that – so going back to the Iowa State game, I noticed that we took a lot of timeouts um, when we were on offense. We didn't really discuss that. Yeah. But with that being said, do you think that this game could potentially be a time for us to, like, really button things up and, like, get some momentum and some comfortability and some confidence on, like, throwing it down the field and – everybody kind of being on the same page in that respect? I think there's uh, a lot to that. I think part of it was it's the first road experience for a lot of those guys in a Hawkeye uniform. Uh, it's a Cyhawk game, so it's going to be raucous. It's going to be all that kind of stuff. So, yes, we called five timeouts just on offense, and I think most of them were getting guys in the right spot or play clock was going down, like things like that. So mm-hmm. at home, you would expect that not to happen. A, because it's going to be a lot quieter. Um, you know, you're going to be able to hear the snap count and things. Um the hope is that the further you go along, the more reps you get. The more reps you get, the better you get. And not only that, but just practicing together. You know, I don't know how many times, and I'm not going to touch much on Coach Prime and what he's doing in Colorado, but the main like story out of that has been, how do you get all these transfers to play together? Like That's been the main story, is getting all these guys on the same page so quickly. Mm. And really, Iowa's been able to do that for the most part. You know, we don't have as many. I think they had like 57 or something. But like, we don't we don't have as much of that. And most of them are on the same page. It's just like a ball's a little bit behind or we're not being able to fall through because the D lineman's on us. Like things like that. Um, so I think there's going to be room for improvement as with anything. But again, you'd rather learn from a win. And now going into Western Michigan, coming home, uh, I think should help button a lot of those things up. So wrapping all of that up, do you think that we will have our twos in by halftime? Uh, probably not. Uh, that's kind of the <laughs> okay. way that – and the reason I say that is mainly because that's not what, what Iowa does. Mm. Like even when I went back and uh, there's a lot of stuff that got posted about me on Twitter uh, because a lot of times I had my best game against Iowa State. And like I'm looking at that and we're up 35-3, 42-3. And the ones are still in, mm. you know, because we want to make sure that our conditioning stays up. We don't want to really take a quote week off, you know, from where we are at a conditioning standpoint. So it's just not something that Iowa typically does. Okay, Matt, what I really meant was like, are we going to be up by so much at halftime that we could take our ones out? I think it's certainly possible. Certainly possible. Defensively, special teams, they're always up there. Right. It's a matter of getting everybody on the same page on offense to be able to hit some of those deep balls. You know, we had two missed chances in Iowa State. You hit those and it's 35 to 35 to three, probably or 34 to three going into the fourth quarter. Like that's absolutely attainable. Very good. Well, I'm excited to see that. And I'm excited for the weather. We're not going to be sweating our butts off. (laughs) 77, a little cloudy. That's what we like to see. We'll have the unlike, AC on in the basement. <laughs> unlike a mid-September <laughs> game, though, that's good stuff. Now, the only thing that I'm crossing my fingers for is that the video boards and the mics work correctly. We can do this. I know we can. Um, I'm going to go a little bit early. We're going to do a more thorough sound You're gonna check. You're going to go earlier? Yeah. I got to go a little earlier this week. Sorry. Um, we're going to do a more thorough sound check around the field, make sure everything is buttoned up for the game. We're going to be ready. I don't know what I'm wearing yet. We'll see. It's gold oh, out. You have six days to wait an hour before you leave. 
it's the gold game. So I only have so many options. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. You got everybody laughing in here about me taking forever to get ready. But there's a lot on the line here. You got to do what you got to do. I know. Okay. 77 and sunny. Going to get a big win over the Broncos with the gold W. (laughs) Solidarity with the Broncos (laughs) and the hatred for the logo. Hey, we will see you guys next Monday after the Western Michigan game. You are not going to want to miss our next guest. Count on it. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.